On today's episode, we will kick off with a drink think about the weirdest places you could drink an alcohol-free beer. And then we'll dive right into the main discussion, talking about Billy Elliot, a film from 2000. Finally, Anon will introduce the topic of next episode, Black Sabbath's Paranoid, a 1970s rock album. Hello, and welcome to The Culture Quest. We are but humble adventurers, and today, something, something flying, blah, 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 electricity. (laughs) With me, as always, are Peter. Hello. And Barrio. Hi. (laughs) And I am (laughs) Inan. It took me a a moment, but... (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, the listeners at home, for taking part in our noble quest. Every once in a while, someone asks me about what we're doing next on the on the podcast. And for the past couple of weeks, people have been uh, thinking <laughs> that we're watching a movie about Billie Holiday, the jazz singer. <laughs> or sometimes I even took it a step further and, and, and mistook that name with Buddy Holly. So <laughs> I'm not good with names. But, uh, you know, always the, the reactions were pretty warm. But then when I realized my mistake and told them we were actually watching Billy Elliot, everyone seemed to get much more excited about that. <laughs> hmm. So... Yeah, today we'll be discussing the 2000 movie, Billy Elliot. But before we do that, let's do another round of Drink Think. Do you like that? Another round? I, I, I yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pot intended. So, today's question is this. What are the weirdest places to drink an alcohol-free beer? Let me ask you first, what are your thoughts about alcohol-free beers? Have you ever had any? I actually don't think I've ever had one, but um, my mom and dad, they, they have them and like, they don't have them a lot, maybe like mm. a six-pack every few weeks or something like that because they just prefer normal beer. But your dad is a drinker. Well, to be fair, when I say my mom and dad have some, I mean my mum. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I think he's had a taste and he has his opinion of like what ones are the best. Like I think Heineken is probably the one I know the best. Um, apparently that's pretty good because that's like an international beer, but now we're getting a lot of sort of um, even local beers that have like the alcohol free one. Like there's one called like Great Northern, which I just saw advertised. And that one, it says like 100% taste, 0% alcohol. But the thing is like the one with alcohol has like barely any taste. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it wasn't that hard to keep up the taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like didn't have to really try. They're taking off a little bit, but to be honest, like, this is something we'll probably discuss a bit, but like I feel like a beer, part of the beer is sort of the experience of being a little bit out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which actually makes it a bit weird when you have an alcohol-free beer and not having that. So it's like, for instance, like I, I compare alcohol-free beer to like a Coke or something like that, right? But a lot of people have Coke when they're sort of like doing, like even in the office, some people will have a Coke during the day, like after lunch. We're talking, we're have, talking about Coca-Cola, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But yeah, some people will be doing like, after, like 
the whole afternoon they'll have a Coke or something like that, you know? But if you had an alcohol-free beer, even though it has no alcohol, I think people would still be like, well, this guy's knocking off early or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. This feels like something you'd only have in a relaxing environment, despite no reason it had to be like that. Yeah, either a social yeah. kind of situation or, or a cool-down situation. Uh, yeah. If you yeah. never drank real beer with alcohol before, I don't think you, you'll find uh, alcohol-free beer interesting. Mm. Yeah. I think it counts on 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 you uh, knowing the taste and and knowing the 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 buzz that you get from drinking it. Mm. So like you wouldn't drink it if if it wouldn't trigger those feelings and yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Like say you're a designated driver and everyone's drinking and you don't want to hang around with like a glass of soft drink and you get like an alcohol free beer, you can still kind of it's a psychological the association is still there. Yeah, but the association yeah. is still there. Exactly. I thought I'd have to wrestle you guys about this a bit more. I thought that I was kind of coming out of the um, the left wing, but oh yeah, no, I totally agree. Barry, have you ever tried a, a non-alcohol beer? Yeah, a couple of times. It's uh, it's 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 weird. It's hundred uh, percent like of the flavor some, and zero percent alcohol. <laughs> something is missing, but like I'm not sure how hard it is to take the alcohol out. But uh, yeah, well, like it's pretty much is. like the beer, except the aftertaste of the alcohol. Mm. I, I like beer, but I never drink. I almost never drink beer for the flavor. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, the opposite. I um I really quite like the taste of some beers. And like, if I'm offered a beer that I just don't like, I just won't drink it. Cause like, I find 90% of beers, I couldn't get through a can of it because it's, they're just so bad. And the 10% I like, I like really like. So I, I would say I do it mostly for taste. Cause if I didn't want it for taste, I'd probably just have like vodka or something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of with you, Peter. I, I, uh, I, I used to think that I don't really care about beer, but actually in the, in the last couple of years, I kind of got into it and, and learned to appreciate it. I actually ordered um, a box of, we, we have a place here called uh, Beer Bazaar. It's kind of like a boutique beer. They, were, they had like a special offering and I ordered 12 d- different bottles of, of different flavors of beer. And that's a very interesting experience. You know, every time I just go to, go to my fridge and pick randomly and it's so much fun. Like because the beers are so much, can be so different and yeah, can have true. such mm. different tastes. So it becomes like this exciting thing that is completely about the flavor and actually hmm. the the buzz is kind of like a, a nice side effect i, I like the, the the flavor of beers there are beers that i like i really like but all in all the buzz is at the very least tie for first place in terms of why i'm drinking the beer hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well for me i actually only drink lager beers and a lot of the craft beers that come up because lagers are actually way more expensive to make than mm, really? ales. I think it's to do with the brewing time, but also something about space. It takes more space. So it's like double whammy. You need more sort of real estate and you need to, you can't just turn over as many bottles. So so a lot of like the local breweries in WA, like where I'm from, they just do ales. So like most of the beer I drink is kind of like the international stuff. Heineken's, Kingfishers, um, Peroni's, Asahi. Cool. Those are good beers. So my father, a couple of years ago, well, he he always been a spiritual guy, and but he kind of really took a spiritual. Big dive. Do you mean 
Drink spirits? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, spiritual in the, uh, in the Buddhist kind of in way. In the completely opposite way. Yeah. Like you got you, you really get deep into Buddhism and, and in Buddhism you don't you don't consume like mind altering substances. You like no drugs but also no alcohol. And he didn't grow up like Buddhist, so he you know, he consumed all types of alcohol and again like beers and alcohol have a big part in growing up and in social gatherings and just relaxing as we just talked. And he told me about his experience of grabbing a cold beer that he can actually drink. After like seven or eight years he didn't have a beer. And for him it was like a very good experience. He missed the taste and again the 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 memories and the and everything he associated that with and this is like a great reason to have a 0% beer. Yeah, I'm making fun of non-alcoholic beers, but there's a time and place for them. And honestly, if you just enjoy them, it's good enough. All right. So there's a time and place. Where <laughs> Where's not the time not or the place? <laughs> 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 I think, you know, any time you have to kind of, after you open the bottle, you have to kind of go, oh, don't worry, it's, it's alcohol-free then that's the weird place for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of a traffic pullover yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, say, say you're like, you know, at your nephew's second birthday party, surrounded by kids and balloons on a Saturday morning, and you're the only one drinking. And you get some weird looks and you go like, don't worry, it's alcohol free. That's weird. <laughs> at that point, I think just crack out the alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know what I think there is a market for is alcoholic beer stickers to put over your alcoholic beers. <laughs> <laughs> or you know what? There's there's like a situation in which like a beer would be okay and, and drinking the non-alcoholic beer makes it kind of weird. Like imagine you're at a normal place, like I don't know, maybe visiting a friend's house and there's like a group of people there that you don't, don't really know and it's a bit awkward and the conversation's a bit slow and everyone's a bit tense and like, you know, you pull out a beer and everyone's looking at you like, oh, okay, cool. This evening is, is getting like, is starting to get better. And <laughs> people are thinking, where can I get a beer? And you're like, no, 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 it's an, it's an alcoholic free beer. That is, <laughs> that, yeah, that's disappointing. I, I promise you'll get some weird looks if you do that. <laughs> yeah. That's just guaranteed. I'm not going to remember that guy's name. Yeah. He's, he'll just be known as the guy who got the non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> but I think the weirdest place has to be when you're driving, right? I mean, especially if you're alone in the car. The, yeah. But, like, they had There's a, an ad in Australia. Uh, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> There's an ad here in Israel going right now of, like, uh, like now you can drink while you're driving. And I, I don't know. I guess technically now you can. But who would want to do that? I mean, maybe it's just me, but have you ever found yourself driving, like, say, on the way home from work? Or something, and thinking, man, I can't even wait one more minute to start drinking. <laughs> I've yeah. never, yeah, never had that. Super <laughs> well, if you have that, if you have that, then you have a problem. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my contender, my, I was like, oh, well, you could do it at the gym or something, but no one's having like coke or anything at the gym, so it's a bit unfair. So somewhere where you could feasibly have a coke, but you wouldn't have an alcohol-free beer, <laughs> is like a university library. <laughs> everyone's like studying and stuff like that and you crack out an alcoholic free beer just the fact you need a bottle opener yeah. and like <laughs> it's just a it's just a terrible look 
And especially like when you're going through textbooks and stuff like that, like clearly like cramming, I mean, no one's ever not cramming anymore, but you know, like the fact that you need to get something done, like anytime you need to get something done is not basically, unless you're fixing a car, it's (laughs) never, the solution is never to crack a beer. Yeah. You have a couple of textbooks (laughs) in front of you, you have a laptop, you have a pencil behind your ear and a couple of empty bottles at the corner of the table. (laughs) Yeah. It it just doesn't belong there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're getting, getting prepared to work. And then start to get waste, wasted. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you're not reading the situation correctly, my friend. <laughs> no. <laughs> like 9 a.m., you just sit down at your desk, <laughs> crack open a beer, <laughs> yeah. call your boss. <laughs> like sitting sitting down with your gran- grandparents, then, no, actually opening a beer. Open it, would, would you open a beer with your grandparents? Uh, I, I myself, probably not, but I can see people do that. Yeah. Peter, uh, they're all you... dead, so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for laughing. You know what? But would you would you open a beer in a uh, in a graveyard? <laughs> um, honestly, I'm almost never in graveyards. Um, honestly, not unless the person I'm with cracked a beer. <laughs> if they did, then I'd just be like, "Oh, great." <laughs> then you have to check: is yours a, non- a non-alcoholic one? <laughs> I feel like a beer is sort of like. As soon as someone cracks a beer, it's just like, all right, you know, it, it, everything's off limits. Oh, no, everything's on limits. Off limits? On limits? Yeah, once you cross that line, everything's on limit. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, this is the time, like, everyone grab a footy or kick it around. And if you're doing it in a graveyard, it's like, you'd be cracking a beer outside, like, whoever you're sort of near in the graveyard. But then, like, as soon as you're walking out, you're walking past everyone else, and it's just like, oh. Sorry, <laughs> you know, like it's just the most awkward situation. Yeah, <laughs> here's a change of pace. What is the most awesome place to like crack an alcohol-free beer where you could just be like, "Huh, bitch, it's an alcohol-free beer." Like, I guess you could say maybe in like a traffic pool stop. Yeah, <laughs> you have like the windows down. You have some loud music going. You have a bottle in your hand right outside the window. Yeah, you, you're stopping at like a red light. <laughs> you, you get you get pulled over. A cop comes to you, and then you're like, "Don't worry, it's not just alcoholic." A, a drink. <laughs> mm. Yeah. What about um, your university lecturer rocks up? You know, a big bag of files, and then just as he starts his um, his lecture, just cracks. Cracks and non-alco. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I'd respect that. <laughs> yeah, I would respect that. I'd also be like looking to change unit, but yeah, <laughs> definitely respect it. <laughs> uh, still, I can't think of a really cool place to have like a a non-alcoholic beer, like, like something somewhere where where people would be envious of you. <laughs> what about if you were like the lead surgeon or something like that? <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure if you're the surgeon, you don't um, pick up your own thing to drink. Like someone that like, holds it to your mouth, so someone would have to yeah, like literally like scalpel, gauze, beer. And, like, <laughs> give it to you. Yeah. Don't worry, it's Ima- not. Imagine that you, you you come you come to your patient, you know, pre-op, and and you <laughs> you, yeah, you have like a six pack on your own tray with all of the yeah. equipment. Uh, I'm, I'm spitballing here, but what about an AA <laughs> meeting? 
would that be kosher or not? Because <laughs> mm. that honestly seems not a bad idea. No, it's not. not, but not although that I gotta say, if, if we're saying that, that the main advantage is is to associate to to older experience, then yeah, that yeah, might true. be a thin line. Yeah, hmm. that might be like a guy like snorting <laughs> aspirin at like a Coke clinic or something. You know, like, yeah. like I don't know, guys, it's old habits. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I just like the ritual. You know, it's not it's not about the high. I just like snorting things. Yeah. <laughs> So today we're discussing Billy Elliot, a British movie from the year 2000, directed by Stephen Doldry, starring Jamie Bell as Billy Elliot. Um, the movie is set in 1984. Uh, Billy is the son of a coal miner. He and his family... Billy. Billy. <laughs> he and his family live in, in Everington, a little coal miner's town, during the 1984 coal miners strike Bale. 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 Uh, <laughs> skip 15 minutes listeners if you want to get to the episode <laughs> so uh, Billy is a young kind of average pre-teenager he doesn't seem to be too popular or anything and he's comically bad at boxing and one day he finds himself kind of joining a ballet lesson he didn't mean to take part in. Ballet. And while... <laughs> ballet. Ballet. <laughs> Billy. Ballet. And while he's not too good at it or anything, he decides to come back the next week instead of going to boxing class. And after a class or two, uh, the ballet class teacher, Mrs. Wilkinson, I think was her name, she sees potential in Billy and she encourages him to keep coming to ballet, and, and she's thinking about signing him for auditions to the Royal Ballet School. And obviously that plan is cut short when Billy's dad, who's, who's you know, he's under the pressure of trying to run the family without his uh, wife, who, who's passed away the last year, and he's also on strike from his coal mine, mining job, and he at some point finds out that Billy's been uh, missing his boxing classes. He goes to check in on Billy and finds him dancing ballet. And obviously... He doesn't take it too well. He's not that kind of progressive kind of guy. And he loses his mind. He, he bans Billy from dancing. And Mrs. Wilkinson, she, she, like I said, she sees a lot of potential in Billy. So she, she decides to give Billy private lessons and to take him to the audition herself. And obviously, like, throughout the movie, the strike is getting worse. The pressure on Billy's family is getting harder and harder to deal with. Um, Billy's older brother, Tony, he becomes kind of... Uh, one of the more extreme activists, and he gets in trouble, which makes Billy miss his audition. And throughout the movie, Billy's training for the audition, he discovers his best friend Michael is in the closet, and that even Mrs. Wilkinson, or the, the Wilkinson family, they have their own problems, even though they seem to have this perfect life. And then his dad discovers that he's been uh, dancing behind his back, but instead of losing his mind, he recognizes Billy's talents this time. And he he actually changes his mind. He makes sure that Billy is going back to dancing. And against all he stands for, he goes back to work, uh, even though the strike is still on, just to be able to, to fund Billy's trip to, to the audition in London. And suddenly, Billy's family, and it seems like the, the whole town is supporting of Billy's dream of becoming a ballet dancer. I'll not go, go over the ending, though. I'm, I'm sure we'll mention it in a bit. So... As usual, guys, uh, let's start with our general thoughts. What do you guys think of the movie? Uh, how was the, the the experience of watching Billy Elliot for you? Um, so this movie... Um, Ballet! I was, 
Yeah, it was because um, <laughs> it was obviously I, I didn't. I guess before I watched it, I didn't really know it was set in 1984 because I just, all that I knew it was, it came out in 2000. I was like, wow, this looks like a really old film for 2000. Like it's aged poorly, but I guess like it hasn't, it's just, it was just set, you know, 15 years prior. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I, at first half, maybe first third to a half, it was like, okay. It, I thought the acting was very good and the story was okay. But there was didn't really feel like it had any urgency to to the film, and then it kind of had a bit of a slow third in the middle, and then I guess maybe just the last half, like it picked up for me, and there was sort of like obviously the change where um, Billy's dad just essentially changed his mind, you know, yeah. after Billy did the dance for him in in the um, what would you call it, gymnasium, um, because before that he was like really drunk, and I was like oh, this isn't going to go well. This is the bit where he goes to jail or something like that. And then just changed course. And I did not see that. Most movies, you kind of guess where it's going, like for better or worse, you know what I mean? But this one I did not see coming. I thought, like, one of the better twists, and it wasn't like a, I'm not even going to say the twist, but it's not like some movies where um, the twist is like sudden, you know, like Shutter Island or The Sixth Sense or something like that. It's just, this was more of just a, change in direction of the film and it was just so good and yeah I, honestly on the whole I actually really enjoyed it it was just like just took me like the first hour to really get into it and again yeah. the acting is like superb I'm not sure if you guys know but the person who plays Mrs. Mrs. Wilkinson? Wilkinson she's Molly Weasley in Harry Potter that's so cool yeah, yeah. I, oh I didn't recognize her yeah and then uh, kind of like Barrio right now when someone told me that, I was like, the, the coin dropped and, and like, it clicked. Nice, we got a genuine reaction. <laughs> yeah. Wow. She was great. Once you've said that, uh, I see the entire movie differently. <laughs> yeah, same here. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the movie, Barrio? I liked it. I liked it. it uh, it's, uh, it's a different paced movie. You know, it's, it's from a while back and um, it, still, it still holds up. And the acting is definitely one of the, of the main things here. Uh, the, the actor that played Billy. Jamie Bell. Yeah. Like, I, I never actually thought that a kid can, can act that well. No, he was amazing. Yeah. I totally agree. Really good job. Uh, but but uh, the father and, and Miss... Uh, Wilkinson? Miss Potter. Miss... Uh, Miss Weasley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they were both really good. Yeah. Like, I guess, you know, the whole acting was to be very introverted people, but that worked because... In the scenes that they had, like in the emotional scenes where where everything kind of like bubbled to the surface, it was very noticeable that they did a they did a good job. I I agree with you, Pete. That the the change in the 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 twist where his father kind of like appreciates his skills, it's it's it was a bit uh, out of the blue. Oh really? Huh. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of like I, I'm not sure if it was. Like you know, imagine imagine that you have very strong negative feelings about that kind of thing, and you just caught your kid with another kid uh, with a tutu uh, in the gym, and they're just fooling around. And even though like you're seeing that your kid can dance, I don't know, like it's really like two steps forward, thinking, saying, okay, I'm now in a position where I can actually appreciate what I'm seeing. So that was a bit of. Uh, of a weird move. Yeah, it is. It is a bit of a leap 
to take yeah. in terms of uh pun intended yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, i just kind of imagined him like you know he was so concentrated on the strike and on keeping his family going like they were in such a bad situation in terms of everything like billy's mom died and he doesn't have his job and they basically live on welfare and he kind of forgot that he has a kid at home that you know he's growing up yeah. and i thought that at that moment he just kind of sobered up and and kind of saw that he has to you know nurture billy so all in all you liked it yeah it's a it's a good experience yeah. it's definitely worth a watch i i remember how everyone loved the the movie when it came out i think we were around 12 and like i said i didn't want to watch this movie when it came out because it was a ballet movie uh which is dumb but i was 12 so um i remember how people talked about the the, the movie based on that i had a feeling i would like it and then when when the movie started when i watched it i saw it it was a, a working title films movie it had the working title films logo at the beginning of the movie and i don't know if you know them but they're a british film production company a few movies that they've made are fargo the the big lebowski uh bridget jones's diary notting hill four weddings and a funeral well-liked movies that you know they always have this kind of uh light personality thing to them like they always discuss bigger things they always have like this depth to them but they're always light and funny and and, and elegant i really love those and I myself have recognized the 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 working title films name from a few movies that I really like which are Shaun of the Dead Hot Fuzz and World's End aka the Cornetto trilogy just great movies and you know all of these movies like I said they have this very elegant approach to storytelling and they all are very relatable charismatic characters so when I saw the title uh, on the movie I knew I was in for something good. And, and the movie had that kind of charm, you know? The characters are all weird but fun. Uh, maybe not Tony and Billy's father, but throughout the movie, like Billy and his friend and that Debbie kid, they're all kind of weird and fun. And, and, and I don't know, there's something about them. The main plot of the movie, the, the main plot points are mostly what you'd expect by the summary of the plot. I, I know, Peter, you, you said the opposite of that, but I, I felt like, By the, the kind of summary of the plot, you kind of get the, the whole movie, I thought. But still, the, the, it's not a bad thing because I thought that the movie had quite a few layers to it. You know, it's, it's a really interesting story. The characters feel real. The dance scenes are amazing. They, they talk about a lot of different things like Michael's character and Debbie's character. They all bring up a lot of things to think about. I, I really love the, the dancing scenes, especially the ones with uh, Billy and Mrs. Wilkinson when they're dancing in the gym, and the one with Billy dancing after Mrs. Wilkinson and Tony, Billy's brother, have a fight over him. Uh, both of those scenes were just really, really fun. I, I thought the movie as a whole was charming. I'll, I'll bring the acting up a little later, but I thought everyone was great. And one last thing I have to say... Uh, this is one of the movies that I'm sorry I've missed when I was 12, when it came out. Uh, I, I think it would have been one of my favorites. Let me, let me ask you this. I feel like this movie had a lot to say. E every character had something to teach us, something to show. 
I I, th- I find it a bit hard to say what the movie as a whole was trying to say. You know, what what, what I was supposed to take away from this movie. It, it feels kind of like a small movie. Maybe it didn't have something too big to take away from it. So maybe I'm looking too deeply into it. But what do you think was the most important point of the film? What, what was the film actually trying to say? I think um, to summarize it, maybe don't let pride get in the way of doing something great. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. Because I'm thinking about Billy kind of was like, well, you know, I don't want to have to wear all that stuff and, you know, like people will see me and stuff. And he got over that pretty quick. But his dad had still of that like Scottish pride where he didn't want his son to be involved in it. And and also something I still don't understand from the movie really was the strike about the mining and stuff. You know, he had a lot of pride and... I think so he was the next one to crumble really from from that perspective where he he just stopped picketing he was not at the picket fence so that's what I think that was foreshadowing a little bit when 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 he let his guard down there I feel like he was like opened up a little bit and all it took is like one drunken night and then he would say it differently and then last was Tony he he always stuck his heels in you know he didn't want to want to budge on the mining issue yeah and I'm tr- I'm actually drawing a blank, but did he come around at the same time his dad did, or was he later? Because I know by the, by the end, obviously, he was friends with his brother. No, again, I think much later. I remember his father went back to work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do remember that now. That's right. Yeah. So um, I feel like he was the most stubborn, and then his father was slightly less stubborn, and then Billy was just like it only took a matter of like days and weeks to sort of accept that he liked that he liked something. So. Yeah, and I'd say Billy's relationship with his father was the most most important one in the film. So. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you have a point if, there. If you actually film or like shoot the film slightly differently, it could actually be a film about Billy's dad hmm, and yeah. having the loss of his wife, and then him becoming a bit of a prick for like you know it wouldn't have even been yeah. that long. <laughs> it, it would have probably only been like five years or something. Um, I could have checked the date on, on the tombstone or something, but, um, (laughs) um, but say five years, he's just an absolute prick. He has this mining thing that they could have shown a bit more of that. And then suddenly like almost like it wasn't even a conscious decision. He was like moved by like forces around him to actually kind of see Billy in a different light and see like, this is a great idea and stuff. And even though like there was still a lot of pressure, like that was, they still had money problems and all this stuff. This was almost his redemption. And then so uh, assuming his mother was a really great person and she married this guy, assumingly he was a great guy for his whole life. And then he had this five year period where he's just a dick. And then from then on, he seemed, you know, he's going to his son's show. He was in the mines with his, his, su- with his other son, you know, like it could honestly be just a film about him, but the fact that it was filmed from a young kid's perspective, you know, that yeah. was also good. Yeah. What do you think caused him to to be more open to Billy's choice to dance? Look, it's going to be like a really bad answer, but was it the fact that he was so drunk? <laughs> <laughs> like, because you just lower your inhibitions a bit, you know, like, because just before he went in, he's like, you know, his, his friend, I can't remember his name, who cares? He's just like, you know, you're going to want to see this. And... Just before that, he had his like head against the wall. He is basically asleep. He just like that was probably night over for him. And then you know he was just so drained and so exhausted. Maybe he just didn't have the will to sort of like put up his defenses. And then once he actually saw his son having fun and you know 
the other poof with his tutu. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, you know what? Actually, it's not that bad. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he was drunk. Maybe he was missing his wife and he knew that his wife would approve of Billy's dancing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They just made a, such a big deal about him being drunk. You know, there was just too many shots of his his drunkenness that to be a coincidence, you know? I like, didn't know it, this. It, huh. Yeah, because I honestly thought the fact he was drunk, I was like, oh, no, this is, this is going to be bad. But because they put such an emphasis on, oh, look, he's drunk, you know, like he probably wouldn't have done this when he was sober, but then it went the complete opposite direction. So. Oh, he was kind of a, a very simple guy. Uh, Billy's yeah. dad, you know, he was, he never left town. He never been to London and he, he never yeah. saw like a big city. He was, he was just focused on mining. He was focused on his job and raising the yeah. family. He never needed anything else. He never thought about, yeah. am I happy? Am I not yeah. happy? I don't know. Maybe, maybe he saw a chance in Billy to, to, to let mm. Billy do something great. You I know, know, a touch I really liked that they absolutely didn't have to put in there. But when in the flash forward scene where they were going to see him perform, his his brother um, Tony is just like, come on, let's do it, let's let's go. You're gonna be late, and his dad is always like, what is this place? Like, oh my god, like this new city. And it was great because it just showed that like his brother was always more, what would you say, like hardline. Like in the in in the mining fight, he was always like very driven. It just was great because it was like, oh well, now he's driven about something else. You know, he wants to see his brother so badly that he he's like leading his dad you know he's like telling his dad to hurry up but his dad he's not as opinion he's still quite opinionated but he's not as opinionated and he's almost gets swept up in things you know like he got swept up in the whole masculine sort of thing of where he's from because he's like a country bumpkin pretty much and then when he goes to london he's swept up in that you know what i mean like it, it he's like a person that like seems very stuck in but then it's actually only just because that's the only thing he knows. You know what I mean? Like, he's not like he's seen everything and he's just going like, yep, this is who I want to be. Like, he's he just hasn't experienced, like, a whole range of things. Yeah. You know? Do you feel like they should have established Billy's connection with dancing some more throughout the movie? Because, I mean, he basically stumbles into that dancing class and we see that he's having fun and he's practicing at home and stuff, but there's not like one big life-changing moment in which he realizes that this is what he wants to do. Well, I think I think they're kind of showing it right from the beginning that, that he always have a very special way of physically expressing himself. Hmm, that's the true. Film, the film starts with him putting music and jumping in the trampoline or something. Uh, and kind of like doing oh, this yeah. weird yeah. Uh, moves and, and stuff. It, it, the, the movie also ends like that. And I think that even the part where you see him go to the to the boxing class, like he's very energetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that part where either they're yelling at him, don't just stand there, box. And he's like falling on the ropes and jumping around. <laughs> yeah. Do you think the movie missed like a, 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 a one specific like turning point where he kind of because like there's a the scene where M- Mrs. Wilkinson is at Billy's family's house 
and she's fighting with Tony about Billy's future. And Billy says, like, he's screaming from the living room or something, I don't want a childhood. I want to be a ballet dancer. And I myself then realized how committed he was and how much he wanted it. Like, I remember thinking, oh, okay, that clarifies Billy's intentions, you know? Like, up until then, I still kind of thought that he's having fun with the ba- uh, ballet and everything, but he might quit it like kids yeah, did. Yeah, potentially that it would have been good to have a... Like, he had the scene where he stole the book from from that little bus thing which is a very odd thing but it would have been nice to have a few more of those like see someone on the street with their who's like a professional well, I guess it would be no professionals from where he's from but you know like yeah. we'll see someone on the tv and like you know just a few more of those things I don't think it needed like a major event but yeah probably a few more of those things would have been good I gotta say that here I disagree with you I think I think it was actually built really really good because even if I put aside the, the, the fact that he has a passion for, for moving and, and kind of like expressing himself, like from the beginning of the movie, he fucks up everything he does. He's supposed to look after his nanny. He loses her. Uh, he's supposed to box. He's getting punched in the face and he falls. Uh, everything he tries, he's trying to do, he sucks at it. And the moment that he goes, that he accidentally get in that, that ballet class, he starts doing well and he's actually being used as a he's getting his first compliment of uh, the arch of his leg or something mm. he's actually finding himself in a way that that he never did in any other place in his life yeah yeah i don't necessarily think they had to have like one specific point where he says this is what i want to do i i can agree i think what's very interesting about this is that not only billy finds the the place where where he belongs but he's actually the only character that does everyone else is just incredibly miserable maybe not mis i, I don't know if miserable is the right word but yeah mm. his excitement and realization with uh with ballets is very noticeable it's kind of like a, a ray of sunshine in a very cloudy day yeah he was like a spark in the darkness of that town like when he leaves and he says goodbye to everyone and then he leaves and like you see uh, mrs wilkinson and she's not that happy i'm sure she was happy for him but you, you see a shot of her in that dark gym and she's alone and you see um tony and Billy's father going down into the mine. And you see Michael, uh, his gay friend, is left behind. And it's kind of a, like everyone's going back to their simple life. The, the excitement of Billy and the fact that he's made it into the school, it's kind of over for everyone. It's kind of sad. You get the feeling that he escaped all of that. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit sad. It's a, it's, it's a very interesting movie in, in that kind of way. Like, what do we think about the actual ballet? Because obviously I've no experience with it. None whatsoever. And like, at the start... <laughs> That's what the dad is saying, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or they ask him about what, what does he think about ballet? <laughs> and he says that he doesn't have any experience Wouldn't with it. Wouldn't say I'm an expert. Which is correct. Good not lying. <laughs> um, at the start, it was so bad. Like It was just like, you know, raise your hand and all this stuff. I was like, oh, boy. And then honestly, like when, when um, Billy's doing more of like the improv, even when he does do like the actual scripted stuff, like his, his dance at the end, like it looks so fluid. It looked great. He has like personality, you know, he's kind of like loose, but he's also sort of got this, not awkwardness, but I don't know like how to describe it, but he's got this freedom of movement. He's got like a really free sort of movement. You know what I mean? Honestly, it looks great. Like the, I had to look it up, but the kid had um, ballet training as a kid. So 
sort of like a mini Billy Elliot, but <laughs> like he really did bring it to the role. So my, honestly, I have no idea if for his age, if he would actually be good or not. Like I'm sure people nowadays are like super good because people just, you know, raise kids with the intention of like creating like a superstar now. But, yeah, you know, like he did seem very capable. Yeah. His, like the ones where he does like the, I'm going to chuck out a name, but a pirouette, <laughs> <laughs> like the circles. He seems so balanced. I don't know. In that patabaree, I don't know if he Pat-a-bur-ray. pulled it off. I, I'm, I, just, <laughs> I, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't about. know. He just seemed like <laughs> to have like just amazing sort of balance and grace. Like he was great. And I don't think the actor actually like is a ballet dancer anymore. Mm. I think he's sort of more of an actor, but I thought it was awesome. I, I have to say, I, I loved the dancing scene with... Uh, Mrs. Wilkinson in the gym. They're dancing to this rock song, this oldie song. I don't remember which one. And I oh, love like Boogie. Yeah, yeah, that one. And the one where he's angry at his family and everything, and like he's dancing. He starts dancing in that bathroom or something. I don't know, toilet or whatever it was. And then he's dancing in the street. I thought it was great, but in that last edition, I wasn't sure if his dancing was like really well done or if he's just jumping around and and making noises like. It seemed like he was just throwing his body around. <laughs> well, actually, like the last dance, I was like really nervous because I was like, oh, he doesn't just, he doesn't look comfortable. No. You know? No. And he started off and it was kind of like, okay. And then I remember like once he got into it a little bit more, there was like this change and it was wordless because obviously he wasn't speaking during it, but just his body movements became much more like confident, not even confident, just like free, yeah. you know, like not like lower inhibitions and stuff. And that's what I mean by like the acting, like the acting, like they they didn't have to do some stupid scene where he's like, did this big deep breath or like this side. Breath. It was just as subtle as him just loosening up just yeah. a little bit, just yeah. slowly. And like, that's just great acting. I can't fake that. that no, I totally, brilliant. totally agree. Like there are movies in which you get the motivations of the characters and like why they're acting as they're acting. And there are movies in which you feel their motivations and, and everything. Like mm-hmm. when Billy was dancing, you could feel his tension loosening. And uh, man, yeah. throughout the first two thirds of the movie, I was scared of Billy's dad. Like I felt it was you know, mm. caught doing something wrong when he found out that Bill was dancing. And I was scared of, of Tony, like, throughout the movie. And I felt like there was nothing at all that, you know, that could make Tony and, and Billy's father, who I don't think has a name throughout the movie, I, I didn't think there was anything that would change their minds. You know, I felt trapped in those scenes in Billy's family home. I felt like Tony's desperation about the whole strike situation. Uh, and, and that, I think the acting throughout the movie was amazing. Like you mentioned about Billy and how you could feel him loosening up while he was dancing. And I thought that the movie's storyline wasn't anything too special, but the characters and how you could empathize with them and how you could feel everything they felt made the movie work amazingly. You know, like in the ending, I was so sad saying goodbye to Tony, as if I was saying goodbye to Tony, as Billy was getting on that bus. And I was so surprised by that because throughout the movie, I was so afraid of him. You know, I didn't want anything to do with him. Mm. I, it worked so well, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, his, his acting when he was in the sort of like the ballet academy, just watching the girls and like just being like, what the hell is this? And playing with the bars, <laughs> like he was like fiddling with like yeah. the, 
um, the carpentry and <laughs> stuff like that. And <laughs> it was just great acting. Like he just felt like absolutely out of place. Yeah. You know? I, I loved Billy's dad. Like I could understand, maybe not agree, but understand everything he did throughout the movie. I, I don't know. I just yeah. loved him. The, the scene after we went back to work and he confronts Tony, like uh, when, when they break down and cry together, uh, that was oh, yeah. heartbreaking. I, I love that. I love the actor. Uh, I don't know his name. Yeah, like even on the bus when the eggs was thrown yeah. and stuff like that, yeah. he just looks like really uncomfortable. You yeah, know? and you really, yeah. Like, it really puts you in the, his shoes. Yeah, no, the the acting was just so well done. Um, amazing, amazing stuff. I thought. What do you guys think of the uh, what what would you call it? The coda? I don't know. The the last scene. We we see that he's accepted to school. And then we see a scene a few years into the future where he's the lead dancer in Swan Lake in the big city. And, and you know, we talked about both, both his father and brother are coming to see him perform. And, like, what do you think of that, of that scene, of the whole ending? Do you like, like scenes? Like, I, I usually don't like it when you see... Because it's much more than enough to just say he's made it, you know? He's, he's, he's made it into the school. And the rest is doesn't have to be told, you know? I don't know. What do you guys think about it? I don't know if I really like those scenes in general or not. I guess I'd have to, like, reflect on it a bit more. Yeah. But I didn't really like this one. Honestly, I think I missed the bit about him being the lead. I, th- I assumed he was. And obviously, if someone says, like, you know, tell Billy Elliot his family, they don't just be like, who the fuck is that? You know, like, obviously, like... <laughs> oh, swan is, number is, three? Well, no. <laughs> like, those people wouldn't know every person that was on the, on that stage so i knew he was sort of leading it but i don't know it just felt like a little bit too random like have they not seen him this whole time or if they have why this play like it would have been nice if they just put a bit more thought into like what play he's going to do like try to make it tie in with something else maybe it kind even of did have... when they were what's her name mrs wilkinson she yeah. told him about Swan Lake when they were on that barge, mm-hmm. you know, when when she drove him home once. Oh yeah, but that's okay, is that true. enough? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's enough for that point. But it's just it still felt a bit. It gave us a lot in terms of we know what he looks like. Yeah. We know like the other two aged well and like sort of. It gave us a lot in terms of that, but it was it didn't really add anything. It just sort of. Was like, oh well, everything you thought would happen just happened. Yeah, that was exactly. You know what I mean? Nothing, nothing else happened. Like if we saw him and he was like an amputee or something like that, <laughs> then it would just be like, oh wow, okay, what the hell yeah. happened? You know, or or if his brother came but his dad didn't oh, or something like that, and yeah. we know his dad like passed away or something, that would have been interesting. Yeah, you know, a thousand different things you know could have been you know done, but it just felt like it was. It's a lot of effort for something that just didn't actually change the film at all. Didn't add any meaning. Or yeah, like, that. like uh, I'm obviously happy that he made it and that he became successful and that his family accepted him and everything. I kind of don't think that the last scene helped in pushing that idea any further than the the movie did without it. But mm. maybe maybe the only thing that it does add that isn't there otherwise is to actually see. Tony and and their father having a reason to mm. leave the the town to leave like they yeah. they, they didn't yeah. outgrow their simple lives you know they're still coal miners from Everington but they have a reason to go to the big city now and to to enjoy some culture or whatever I don't know maybe that's a happy ending I don't know 
Yeah. I don't know. Well, we didn't really talk about the relationship with Michael, the oh, yeah, yeah. poof little boy. Let's talk about him. I don't have too much to say about him. But I think I think like you don't have a lot to say about him, but he's from the storytelling perspective, he's a very important character. It's kind of like it's it's kind of like you know the, the the movie emphasizing dancing has nothing to do with your actual preference. Yeah, or... that's that's a good point. Yeah, because he's just like oh, you know, it's great. I like you. You know, like you're a poof, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> but he's like you know like you're you know you know you're bad at fellas, ain't right? Because you dance, and it's like, what the hell, man? No, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it was good to separate it. Like, it's not just you know, you can do what you want, you know, and it, uh, you don't have to like put yourself in a box. Yeah, that's and, true. And um, he he honestly was a bit of like a um, a sacrifice just to make that point. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> his character wasn't. If you actually look at his character, like at the end. It made him seem like, you know, he was really like, you know, I wouldn't miss this for the world. Like, it felt like he was with him the whole way, you know. Yeah. But in the actual movie, it was weird because it was like, oh, he only likes me because he thinks I'm gay and then I'm, and I'm not. Yet then it was just like, oh, that's cool. You know, like, it's like overlooked this massive issue. You yeah. know, and I guess they're only 12, but like, th- like, that's a big deal. Like, to think someone's only that way because of something else, you know. No, but, but I don't the, think I don't the, think they were friends because, like, it, it started with them being friends and it ended that Michael fancied yeah, that's Billy. True. But I, I also think that at the end, when you when you see him, it's um, like I understood that that he he came to a theater with like mm, with his uh, partner, his yeah. boyfriend, and that was part of the happy ending that uh, you know Billy gave courage to Michael as well to to be true to his. To, to himself and and kind of like going Touché, all the way with yeah, it. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that actually. Mm. Okay. If you're the expert on Michael, <laughs> tell me one thing, right? Uh, <laughs> a lot. A lot of Michael's childhood seemed pretty depressing. Obviously, there was some secrecy in his family. Like his dad would be putting on makeup, which is nothing wrong with it. It's just like there's no openness there. You know what I mean? Like it. It felt like it was. You know, his father not... was. Uh, they always hinted that his father was also drinking. You know, like he he grew up he grew up in the environment where everyone's kind of shamed by who they are. Even his father, which is supposed to be like his manly role model. But there was a scene where he was. Was there a scene where he was also like drinking as well, and he like tr- gave a bit to Billy? Yeah, he stole a bottle of alcohol from from his father's cabinet, and Billy said, "Wouldn't yeah. he notice it?" And he says, "No, there's plenty." He he never notices. Yeah, I don't know. It just seemed like this weird thing to put in the movie because he just did not seem like he. It was obviously he just felt like he wasn't parented properly. You know what I mean? Like he felt like his parents were always doing stuff, putting on makeup, drinking and stuff, and like <laughs> he was just sort of Michael. Honestly, just he felt like he was like a stray cat. Like yeah. he's just like you know just out there kissing boys and stuff like that. Like it felt like he didn't have like a really regimented sort of schedule or anything like that yeah like Like no one was there to care for him yeah it felt a bit weird that he went from that to being like this really like put together self-confident person at the end of the film which is a great thing it's just we don't see the seeds of that really you know who he reminded me of he really reminded me of um what's his name plato from rebel without a cause same kind of thing. No parent around. Yeah, uh, yeah, actually, maybe yeah. Maybe he's gay. 
except here he really is gay. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> an yeah, interesting no. uh, comparison. I thought you were just going to be like, yeah, it reminds me of Plato. And I just not say from Rebel Without a Cause. I was like, I haven't really read that much, but <laughs> never met Plato. Peter, have you, do you know? Um, there's a book. I think we we mentioned it before. Ender's Game by uh, Orson Scott Card. I I know. I could put an image in my head, but n- not really. Don't watch the movie. Yeah, don't watch the movie. Just just the book. But <laughs> but what's interesting is that there it's it's a whole it's a whole story. But there's another book that the same author um, wrote a couple of years later called Ender's Shadow. And basically it follows his uh, sidekick, but you actually realize in in that book that everything that happened was kind of like pushed in the shadows by by that sidekick character called Bin, who orchestrated everything. I would love to watch a movie that shows how actually Michael is the hero of Billy Elliot and he orchestrated everything <laughs> and he's actually, you know, he's doing it out of love to Billy, but he knows that he can't have him, but he still wants him to be happy and to fulfill himself and, and being the hero of his own life. And that would come out really nicely with, with the ending of, uh, you know, him going to the London Ballet Theater that, uh, you know, and, and watching how his actions kind of like, mm. Uh, uh, took form in, in the success of Billy. He was secretly like funneling the miners' information, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> causing the strikes, kind of like uh, puppeting the whole uh, <laughs> the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> could have been fun. <laughs> you know, oh, we should uh, you know go out tonight. Tonight would be a good day, and then like you know, leaving the lights on. Yeah, that'd be very. Earlier cool. that day, he goes to see. Billy's dad and like, wouldn't it be fun to go drinking with your pals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't come back until eleven. <laughs> yeah. Inceptioning him with different ideas. <laughs> Taking all the non-alcoholic beer off the shelf. <laughs> yeah. All in all, this is a good movie. It's well made. It's not too long. It's not too short. Great acting, as as we all agree. You know, I gotta say that now that we talk about it, I actually see even more. Uh, beautiful sides of it, you know how everything is kind of built to show how how much Billy's story is special. You know, even if there are some gaps, I think that there are really minor ones, and and the overall experience of the film is pretty magnificent. So all in all, I'm I'm, I'm I really enjoy the experience. I'm just gonna say I think this is the best film set in Scotland in 1984 about ballet. <laughs> yes, I, for sure. I think it is. I'm not, I'm not even sure if everything is in Scotland, but never mind. I invite the listeners to challenge me. <laughs> um, no, nah, it, it was a good film. I, I, as I said at the start, it was a slow one for me to get into a little bit um, because there's no like war or anything like that. There's no aliens invading and no spoilers. And... Um, but the sometimes character-driven films, I, I like that. You know, like you can't start a film with all the characters and their motivations. You need to build them up. And um, honestly, they do a really great job. There's there's no real shortcuts that they took to build up character. Like they just, they did enough. They had enough screen time with everyone, service each character and then and then the plot. And yeah, there's a few different plot lines going on. Maybe they didn't address the mining thing they either addressed it too much or not enough. Like it, it was sort of this in-between zone. But besides that, like 
it's a pretty good film. Like, it's not much you can really critique. It's um, They didn't try to do work like miracles, but they just wanted to have, like, a pretty comprehensive look at some of, like, the stereotypes of people um, in 1984. And, um, yeah, it's a really well done film, I think. And it's not even that long. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. I really enjoyed the movie. I, I felt like it was like a small movie with a lot of heart and personality. Like I said, everyone I mentioned the movie to in the last couple of weeks, I talked uh, with a few people about the movie. Everyone's face kind of lit up when I mentioned the movie. A few people told me that it was one of their kind of favorites. And two people even told me that I should have told them that I'm watching the movie so they could have joined me. Uh, and I can see why. I, I really like this movie. I can see myself like coming back to it in the future. I I plan to listen to the soundtrack. Maybe I don't know. I, I thought it was fun during the movie, and there's a few songs there that I want to find find out uh, what they are. I, I at first I missed the fact that it's set in 1984, and I just kind of took it for granted that everything looked old. But then after I watched the movie, I kind of I, I, I went into YouTube, I saw a few kind of explanatory um, videos about 1984, about the coal miners' strike and everything. I kind of took a deep dive into the history of the thing, of the background of the movie, uh, or the setting of the movie, and I, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, I, I heard about that sometimes in the past. I don't remember when I heard about the 1984 thing. It's the, the whole Margaret Thatcher thing. It was a good opportunity to go back and, and kind of learn about that period of time. So all in all, pretty good movie. <laughs> As we do at the end of each step of our quest, we're going to take a vote that will decide whether or not Billy Elliot has a place in the Culture Quest Essentials Guide, a.k.a. The Quag. We will vote with a gentlemanly tip of the hat for yay or an ominous stroke of the mustache for nay, and the vote must be unanimous in order for it to pass. Barrio. Take it away. Uh, I am going to tip my hat. A tip of the hat. Yes. Tip of the hat. Kidder. Um, so I was a little bit on the fence whilst watching and also whilst um, recording this episode. But um, in summary, I, I, I think I'm going to tip my hat for this one. Oh, well, I should have gone earlier. <laughs> are we, are we uh, getting close to another <laughs> entry in the quag? You know, it's all, it's all up to you. Um... Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I still don't know this movie well enough. I, I I still feel like I've missed a few details. I still don't really know what all of the plot points, what all of the characters mean to the story. So I feel like there's a lot more to take out of this, which is a great sign, you know? It, 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 it's a marker of a good movie. I think I'm going to take my hat as well. I was kind well, of on the fence. I think that is the redemption story of, of Billy's dad, and I think... What better redemption story in a film can I think of? And oh, there's a few, but like not that many, you know. No, and this and is really, one of the best ones. Really good one. Yeah, you almost never see the bad guy become the good guy. Yeah, this is in. And who knows? Maybe one day we'll uh, we'll see Billy Elliot too. The story of Michael, the gay friend. Yeah, <laughs> Billy's shadow. There is a um like a Billy Elliot live or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a musical. It, it gets um really good reviews, but um I haven't seen it, so. I might give it a go. And again, yeah. same same thing with like the producers or Shakespeare or something. If it ever comes like, you know, obviously post-COVID, but um, if there's ever like a play, this is just another thing that I can watch now, you know, and I'll, yeah. and I'll like. You're a person of culture, Peter. We've grown I together. think we're getting there, yeah. So, 
for our next episode. I'm using my turn to choose something for the podcast in order to explore uh, the roots of the world of heavy metal, a, a genre of music that I really like. And that is why we will be listening to Black Sabbath's Paranoid, uh, one of the earlier metal albums which came out in the year 1970. I... Grew up listening to metal, I listened to a lot of metal throughout the years, and Black Sabbath, one of the biggest bands of the genre, is one that I've sort of missed. Like, I know a few of their songs from, like, pubs and parties and stuff, but I never really got to know them too well. Um, and Paranoid is supposed to be their classic, their kind of definitive album, I think. Uh, so I'm really happy to give it a listen. It's supposed to be dark and heavy, which I really like, and... You know, based on my very limited knowledge of Black Sabbath's uh, music, I, I kind of have a feeling that it should appeal to anyone with an open mind. Like, it's supposed to be really great music. Yes, it's metal. Yes, it's dark. Yes, it's weirder than maybe regular music from 1970s. But I, I think it has this quality to it that everyone could recognize and enjoy. I think. Well, this is actually an album that um, when I was getting into a lot of classic rock, I just saw the album, clicked the first song, and I was like, wow, this is a cool album. And honestly, it's been a while since I've listened to it, but I thought I'd listened to the whole album and stuff. But when, I, um, when I'm going back and looking at the song list, um, I actually really only know like three songs from it, you know? So, um, and honestly, Black Sabbath in general, I don't really know that well. Mm. Look, there's an iconic guitarist, an iconic singer, and probably some other people in the band. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I actually don't know at all what to expect. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun, I think. I think we're going to enjoy this. I, uh, you know, I, we, we grew up together, Barrio. We talk about music often. I don't know how much you know Black Sabbath, but I, I, I have a feeling you'll at least you know, enjoy this. Uh, I don't know if it's going to become one of your uh, one of your regulars, the, the one of the albums you you listen to regularly. But I think you like this. And also, you and I, Barrio, we sometimes go and say that that rebel pub, uh, that metal place, we we sometimes go to sit in. Uh, maybe now you'll be able to recognize a few more songs. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so thank you, Peter, and thank you, Barrio, for staying true to our goal. And thank you, the listeners at home, for helping us along the latest stage of our quest. We hope that you join us again next episode, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye! See ya! Bye-bye! The Culture Quest Podcast is part of All the People Network. Visit our website at culturequestpodcast.com to contact us or see a list of our upcoming episodes. Follow us on Twitter at CQ underline podcast and tell your friends about us. Find out more information about All the People Network and the other podcasts it includes at allthepeoplenetwork.com. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to bring to everyone's attention all those people that are currently stuck without their phone and are forced to continue listening to this unless they pause it and then have to contemplate, you know, the state of their life and other things. So you'll probably just continue listening. I just wanted to give a bit of a shout out to a, um, a website, actually. It's called givewell.org. So that's give, G-I-V-E, well, W-E, double L dot org. So it's, it's a dot org. So it's, it's legit. And, um, basically they're the authority on who is worth giving money to in terms of charity. So obviously we'll give 
money to friends and family if they fall on hard times. But if you are thinking about giving large sums of money to um, charities, it's definitely best to do your research because a lot of people just give away money and want to feel good, but it's also good to think of it as an investment and how you can do the most good. So, it's not asking you to give away more money, but it's asking you to give the money away in a responsible way. And um, basically, they've just authorized eight charities. So, out of all the, I want to say hundreds of thousands of charities, might be a bit lower, but they've authorized only eight. And I think it's really good to just scan through the list and um, see if you can consider donating to these charities. So, um, I think that would be good if we can all sort of band together during these tough times. At the moment, it's COVID, but, you know, that will change and we're all going to need to support everyone. So, this is probably one of the best evidence-based ways to do that. So, yeah, so definitely hop on to givewell.org if you're considering and hopefully those charities are like tax deductible or something in your country, which would be in your best interest. So, anyway, this is not formal advice, but it's just a good place to go. Thank you.